0: Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you. And it has been another eventful week of college football. Uh, not an ideal one if you are the Big 12 or the SEC for that matter. Both of these conferences continue to struggle uh, three weeks through the season. Um, we're going to get into that as well as our picks. We'll look back at uh, where we hit, where we went wrong last week. Uh, another fun Week of picks and success with that, Jack.
1: But uh I wouldn't necessarily say success. It was well, a tough you know week for the Big Twelve. You know, you know how it is. I mean, did either of us even think about taking South Alabama? You know I did. I, I no, hell no, I didn't think about taking South
0: Alabama. Man, that's that is that's one of the many um just head scratchers when you look at this week in uh Big Twelve football. But overall, man, uh generally how are you how are you feeling today and what was your biggest takeaway coming out of this weekend?
1: Um I mean, honestly, my biggest takeaway is probably what we're gonna hit in segment two a bit, which was like, I had some serious questions about the SEC. Everybody should. I kind of like, you know, I I didn't figure that the Big Twelve would have as down of a year, but it's just more shocking that the SEC is looking as as questionable as right. they are. I mean, other big takeaways are definitely gonna be like, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma <sighs> State. Are we really rapidly approaching the end for that era there? Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Did he? Is he starting to think that he really should have taken that bag and gotten the hell out of town when he could have? He probably should have no, hindsight, he, but yeah, he probably from an outside perspective, yeah, he probably should. have. Yeah. I'm wondering where his head's at because you don't chirp at a like you don't you don't chirp back at a fan like that. No, without that's having just, some yeah. issues.
0: So okay, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with that, or do you want to start with the debacle that was Oklahoma State?
1: I'd say let's start with Ohio and and Iowa state. So this is a different kind of debacle.
0: Yeah. Different kind of debacle. So, uh, this is one of those games that goes back and forth. Um, I think if you look at both of these teams on paper, uh, we talked about it when we were doing our picks, Ohio is a really good football team. Uh, their quarterback is really good. Iowa state. I don't think I went that far on either of those. Well, I mean, I, I, I did. I think their quarterback is good. Uh, but at the same time, this, coming into this game, the first thing I noticed where I thought, okay, things can get weird in this matchup, was Saturday morning on Twitter. You start seeing the reports come out of Iowa State and like the food poisoning that has hit their team. I didn't even see any. Yeah, of that. okay, so they're apparently their team got hit with food poisoning. Uh, a lot of players got hit with that, and my initial Ooh. thought was, oh, this is just going to be insult to injury and more fun for the Iowa State program that. Is the gift that keeps on giving, whether it's gambling or the fall of Matt Campbell in this dynasty. Or not even dynasty, this program in general has never been a dynasty. It's Um, the
1: end of the upswing. The
0: end of the upswing. So, yeah, this is a situation, dude, where at the end of the day, if you go back and watch how it ended, Iowa State gets down into position to kick the field goal, uh, to give them the win. Um, This is one where... The tie. The tie. Uh, This is one where the angle, Jack and I, I I want you to try to help the people with this as somebody who works with cameras on a regular basis. So
1: now I'm not 100% certain that it was no good, right? It's really tough to tell, but the only camera angles I've seen of it are from the opposite end zone where you have no depth perception of where the ball is at. So I can't tell right to left if it's over the post, if it's inside outside, then the other camera angle from the end that was being kicked at was from inside of the goalposts. Which means if you're looking if the goalposts are like this Correct. and you're looking from the middle, you're looking out, kind of do this a little more towards the camera. <laughs> goalposts are like this, and the camera's in the middle, looking out, if the ball is up here, you're kind of cut off on the camera angle right. this line if the balls the ball's up here somewhere, it could be in or out, and it's going to look in it's going to look in so. Camera angles, no matter how small, like he could have been three feet inside that pole. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was so close to call. There's no one with a better view of it than that ref. The ref is in the perfect place to know exactly when the ball is crossing that plane of the back of the end zone, where it's at, right? whether it's inside or outside the pole. And I I just, I have to go with the ref. And besides, Iowa State, bitch and moan as much as you want, that is not a game that that should be coming down to a field goal to tie it for you.
0: No, it really isn't. Uh, and, you know, in all fairness, when you look at it, um, m- me personally, when I looked at the kick initially, uh, it to me it looks like it goes over the top of the the goalpost, obviously, but it looked like it did lean more towards the inside, which I'm, uh, which would have made it a a good kick.
1: The depth perception is just one of those things we're gonna have to. That would have chalk been it up. It goes overtime though. It really would have. Because there were like a total of, I think, six red zone trips in that game. Yeah. Like, just a stupidly low number. So,
0: as far as Matt Campbell goes and where this program is at in general, like, coming into the season, I know me and you, we talked about uh, what to expect for Iowa State following Deckers
1: and... Um, five red zone trips, sorry. A total how, of five red zone trips. Yeah, that's insane.
0: <laughs> So we were talking about, you know, everything that's going on there. And I mentioned the possibility of would this be a mulligan year. And you countered with the great counter of no, this isn't because Matt Campbell should have been in control of his program and on top of what his players were doing from the gambling perspective. Now that we have that and we have what unfolded with the fan situation, which if you hadn't seen it, go on Twitter. I believe they were going into halftime. It was halftime. Was it halftime? I believe it was halftime. Uh, I, I could be wrong. It was either a halftime or post game show, or postgame regardless. And Iowa State is going to the locker room. They have a fan out there, and he's yelling at Matt Campbell, go get th-. – I think it was halftime because he was like yelling, go get those boys. And then he started yelling, you're on the hot seat. Yep. I understand emotions. I understand – like it almost reminded me of kind of like the video that went viral last year with Sark, the pregame where he's – geeked up and yelling at them like you know back up the, the emotions are high in those situations but at the same time I think you got to especially if you're the leader of men per se which I think we've seen a lot of failed leadership of leadership of players over the past week and just years in general with college football um, you got to be better than that in that moment you got to not let a fan get to you I think that's a bad reflection of like how can you keep your composure how can you not keep your composure go into the locker room and tell your team to keep their composure like That just yeah. doesn't add up to me. Um, I feel like when you look at Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor, uh, these are three programs who four years ago were we – I think you could look at every one of them and say, as the Big 12 progresses into this new era, they should be the three of the ringleaders at the top, and none of them have been able to live up to the hype. They've all fallen off from that point. Um, what's been the biggest – what have you noticed? That, like, what are your thoughts on that? Am I wrong? Am I off base on that? That take? Uh, remind me. You, you said Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. You include Iowa State in that? At right, one point, you got to think about it. From Iowa State stand, standards,
1: okay, which I is... I guess I was a hater who just never really believed.
0: Okay, well, I think you got to look at Iowa State. Well, really, all of these programs. You want to be honest. Oklahoma like, what State the, with
1: Gundy, absolutely should believe. As a Baylor alum, I wanted to believe. Right. Iowa State, to me, is the one that didn't fit. To most people, I think Iowa State or Baylor could have fit that measure. Oklahoma State's the only one here where I'm like, no matter what, they should have not fallen off like this. And I'm not trying to give grace to Iowa right. State or Baylor here. They screwed the pooch. They dropped the bag. Why, what, like, why,
0: why would you say Oklahoma State should and the other two shouldn't? Mike Gundy. But he's been an average coach. That's, I mean, I know the winning, the 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 postseason and stuff. But like, that's what I've never understood about Oklahoma State. What about that is average? Here's the deal. Like, what are your expectations? Are you that's what I don't understand about that program and the other program, like, and these two similar programs.
1: What what program in the conference over the period that Gundy's been at Oklahoma State has been better and more stable?
0: I yo I know, but like when we talk better and more stable, like it's just average bowl games.
1: The two best, the two most storied programs on the conference were leaving. The idea that Gundy, with his consistency at Oklahoma State, couldn't build something better that would be challenging for conference titles every year. That, that idea made so much sense to me. So much sense to me. What do you think's happened there? Like, all right, let's look at what's happened this
0: weekend, right? You, Oklahoma State goes out. South Alabama comes into Stillwater. South Alabama into Stillwater. to Like, what the hell is happening to Oklahoma State? Is it Gundy not understanding modern football? Is it the the quarterback still trying to use three quarterbacks? Like, what the hell is happening?
1: He botched an offensive coordinator hire. That offensive coordinator hire lost him a hell of a lot of talent. And who wants to be playing 40 minutes a game on defense? Nobody. Because that offense is going three and out and having short drives way too often. Not the good kind of short drives. Like I, I think it it really boils down to that much. Is like, remember Gundy basically being like, "You don't want to be here. You don't. You don't like the way we do things. Leave."
0: Yeah, and I think that's why you see most of the good
1: players left because they were like, "This is ridiculous." Like, if you're gonna be like that, not bring in guys at that rate in the transfer portal to match it, you can't botch an OC hire. You can't have guys leaving because they don't want to play for the, for the O.C. you hired.
0: Dude, This all right, so let's, listen to this. We, we talked about the quarterback play, and last week about how you, when you play three quarter, like we've seen it, most commonly you see it with two, right? Like if you have two, you don't have one. Yeah. When you're playing three quarterbacks and your total passing yards is 114, like what the actual hell is going on there? Like that, that's, there's no way you can win power five football With performances like that, like I, is this a situation where they totally botched in the transfer portal? Like I I know you had you knew Spencer Sanders was gone. How do you just land on Alan Bowman and put all your and obviously you're not putting the faith in there because when Gunnar Gundy's your leading passer, I mean that that tells you all you need to know right there. What the hell? What what QB would want to go there? None. So is that 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 it? Like is this like what what do what's the future for?
1: Gundy at Oklahoma State right now. Okay, if you, if you put yourself in any transfer quarterback shoes, why did Spencer leave? I think it's a culture, honestly. I don't think Gundy registers. Why did John Paul Richardson leave? Same thing. That raises questions for you automatically, right? Yeah. Not questions that might not be able to be answered. But if the reason they left is in some part because of that offensive coordinator, and that offensive coordinator doesn't instantly convince you that, nah, they just, like, couldn't handle it or they weren't the right fit or whatnot, which is weird if it's a guy like Spencer Sanders who you know loves that universe and, like, works with Gundy well. Then, like, in what world are you being convinced to go there? Of course they had to end up with an injured and, like, multiple schools guy like Bowman. Like, I I don't – it's starting to make sense – to me now, when a um, guy used to work uh, in local TV here in Waco, Oklahoma State alum, Curtis Quillen, he, uh, I texted him asking him the other night, like, what is, what is up? Like, right, what, what yeah. do you chalk this up to? And he, he really pointed towards the OC higher. Uh, I believe it's uh, Casey Nunn, Casey Dunn. Let me double check that. Uh, Casey Dunn. Um, and the other thing he said, and I'm going to not give a direct quote because I don't need need him to have that out there <laughs> quite uh, the way he said it. But um, he compared Gundy to Dabo yeah, in there's terms a of lot how of that. they handle the portal. And not necessarily saying he's as good as Dabo because one's a national championship winning head coach. The other one hasn't. Yeah. So it's just. I don't want to be that guy who's like sitting here being like, "Yeah, it all makes sense," but when you look at it, you look at the Exodus they had this summer. You look at just how talentless they seem on offense. Like, when, when did Oklahoma State turn to a de- become a defensive school?
0: I mean, they've Why? always. I think they've always had pretty good defense and defensive players roll through there, but they've always, Their it's, calling it's, been, yeah, it's been overlooked by your playmakers on the outside. They've always been able to have like a dog at receiver and they just have
1: none of that right now. It's weird. Cause like receivers, probably the one position on offense where I'm like, eh, they've got, they've got a guy.
0: Presley. Got, yeah.
1: Presley. But I mean, he's all right. And be- before JP targets? Richardson left, they had JP and Presley. That's a pretty good duo. No, it is. I mean, I, you just, I just don't have someone else to throw throwing the ball. They don't have a scheme that those guys are going to succeed in. Like, Gundy has screwed the pooch on this. Does he? I don't. I, I figure he gets another season to rebound. And if I had to put money on, is he going to rebound or not? It's a close call now, given the transfer portal and how heavy that weighs on everything, and how much he will need to use it after a year like this. Frankly, I feel like I feel like I'm talking about reskin Baylor here. You know, like different colors, same problems. Yeah, that's um, all that. I don't want to. We spend so much time on I Baylor. Don't want to talk about we Baylor. don't even need to. Um, but you get what I'm saying yeah. there. So, like, so, I feel like he'll get another year. He just has to embrace the portal.
0: I don't understand why he would get another year. Personally, like I've never understood how this guy has kept his job for so long. Like, I th- and when I say that is. This is a program to me. When I look at Oklahoma State, everybody there has said, "You know what? We're cool with just being average. We're cool with never being able to beat our rival, who is finally just leaving us because they. It's what's
1: the point of them playing us every year and beating the hell out of us?" Um, I think that's harsh.
0: And It's real. Was I mean? He has. He can't beat Oklahoma. Like there's.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone's okay with that. It, to me, like, I just dude, think they knew they had a solid coach who could slowly build the program to something that might be able to compete with Oklahoma. I, I will I will agree to disagree on that one. Like I don't understand
0: that, that's I've just the mediocrity there and everybody being comfortable with it has always concerned me with Oklahoma State. Um, as far as the other teams in this league, uh, you had we had one actual Big Twelve game that was played this week. It was yeah. TCU in Houston. Um, Houston is a bad football team. There's no way around it. Uh, this is a game where I think TCU went out and handled their business like you would want. Um, I'm still not impressed with TCU. I, I really don't know what to make them as a whole. Uh, Houston is just one of those situ- those teams where if right now Houston, Cincinnati, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, like I feel like that's the bottom of the barrel in this league. Uh, but when you look at that, what stood out to you from TCU actually just being able to handle their business on the road First Big 12 win of the year.
1: Well, it's that. Frankly, I'm in a mood where, I don't know if it's just because of what's going on here in Waco, I'm in a mood where I'm not scoffing at wins. Right. I, like, kind of, I love you, but I kind of wanted to just interrupt you with it. Shut the fuck up. They, they handled their business. <laughs> they, they got the like, dub. Like, what were, they, what, what were they supposed to do? They went down to Houston, Houston's first ever home Big 12 game, and they handled their business. Like, they got the dub, and it wasn't even uncomfortable. Like, they went down, they beat an inferior Houston team. Are you going to be perfect every time? No. No. Are you, like, maybe I've already lowered the bar from national runner-up, and may- maybe that's what you're getting at, is, like, they were the national runner-up last year. What's up with that? What Like, why aren't they looking, like, but they didn't even look like that last year. They just kept winning those games. No, the they got lucky games. last year. They, they, I'm not going to go that far.
0: No, I mean, and when I say lucky, I'm not I taking any the heat from that. I no, I'm, like, no I'm, I will say it. I mean, every game you played, you played a backup quarterback because you hurt some. Like, I mean, everything fell your way. I'm not diminishing anything. So, that. So you year. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like,
1: absolutely. I don't feel like the bar was at that same height, which means that, like, hey, outside of the loss to Colorado, who's turning out to be a better team than we thought they'd be, now are they actually going to end up top 25 right. caliber? I don't know. But sometimes you get upset loss. Sometimes you get upset losses early in the year. Like I'm I'm not freaking out about TCU, but I have some questions about whether or not they're going to seriously contend for the Big 12. This game doesn't answer any of them in the right. positive way, but they didn't they didn't mess up. And I mean, we're looking at we haven't even covered a uh, couple of the other losses. Yeah, I was going to get into that, Cincinnati like, next like there're more than there are four mess-ups yeah. this week from the conference. I right, so I've, one, I've no, I don't know any other way to put it but mess-ups.
0: And one of those was definitely Cincinnati Miami of Ohio. Uh this is one where I I tried watching some of it. I would flip back and forth. Um this is a game this is the first time all year in my opinion where Emory Jones has looked like the Emory Jones of old, right? I, yeah. I think if you go and look, his completion was good. He threw for 265 yards. The two interceptions are just you, – you can't have that, especially against a team like Miami of Ohio. Uh,
1: I'm I mean s- – Putting the interception in context, one was really, really tough, but it was early in the game. It was something that your team should be able to bounce back from, even though it really did gift uh, Miami of Ohio seven points because it was it was deep in Cincinnati territory and they turned it into a touchdown. The other one just ended the game. Yeah, like I, as much as you know, you'd never want to see that happen. Hate to lose like that. That's not one where I'm like, oh, that swung the game. It's like no, it just ended it. It was fourth and goal in overtime. Right, like what's he supposed to do, not throw the ball? No, I, I, I hate him no, quarterback yeah. didn't throw that ball. <laughs> no, um, I get it. What's really concerning to me for Cincinnati is the 5-for-8 in the red zone. Again, yes. that, that last one in the overtime counts against that, but they had a blocked field goal, and they, I believe, turned it over on downs in the red zone. Yeah. Um, you just... You cannot... Not convert in the red zone like that, especially against a team that you you're supposed to be better than. I I thought since he had something rolling, I really did. This was like they were celebrating what a hundred years of night games. Yes, on this on this day, like this should be like a fun. We take care of an inferior opponent. We're juiced up for this game because of that history and because of all that. It's a night game. Let's have some fun. And they went out there. Their secondary got. Their secondary got burned more than a couple times, and they're looking more like the team I thought they'd be, but hopefully this is just an aberration for them.
0: I also think how much of this was you have Oklahoma, you have big noon kickoff, you have your first Big 12 game right around the corner. Um, Maybe this is one where you overlooked Miami of Ohio slightly, I mean, I, you know, I, I think there's, I think, honestly, I think anytime you're, you find yourself in a situation like that where the schedule has a daunting game behind that, you're naturally going to look past it. Um, I think maybe there's a little bit of that, uh, but at the same time, I think Cincinnati's going to be okay. Uh, their rushing attack wasn't able to dominate the way it was the week before. I still like what they are able to do on the ground. I think they're going to cause some trouble in the Big 12, but I think it was a little more humbling this week. Uh, the another the the other loss I think we haven't really touched on uh, Missouri and Kansas State. Yeah, this is one where I, I firmly thought Kansas State would win this game. Uh, Will Howard was injured; you could see him hobbling a lot throughout the game. I, I haven't heard the status or an update on on him. Um, I think Avery Johnson came in and looked good at times, but he's definitely raw. He's a freshman quarterback. Uh, Mizzou, man, I mean, hats off to them. This was a Eli Drinkowicz really needed that dub. Uh, I, you had the longest field goal in SEC history. The flag at the end, I know you kind of clarified that. I think Drink talked about it. They, uh, Kansas State had two number eights on the field. So it doesn't really matter. It didn't really matter. Uh, Man, that was a hell of a kick. I did not know yeah. what to expect from that. Generally speaking, though, uh, disappointing for Kansas State, to say I mean, this is not yeah. the best Mizzou team in the world.
1: It's not the best Mizzou team in the world. Um, Like – All I really had to say after, like, watching the condensed version of the game was just, like, rivalries and upsets, man. They're fun. Like, they're fun. It's one of those where, like, I still don't think Mizzou is better than Kansas. I think they had maybe some better athletes out out on the perimeter, guys like Luther Burden who just could make something out of nothing. Um, I think their quarterback, uh, I know he got hobbled a little during the game, but, like, still had enough dual threat, enough Gamer to him enough chaos to his game that like, it, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? No,
0: I I do, and it's funny because I, this I think we both agreed on this like that was probably his best performance you're going to see of the year from Cook. Yeah, and Mizzou got that upset. Like, yeah. like I think this is just going to be all
1: downhill for the yeah, Tigers from honestly this point. same. But like, it makes me makes me worry for Kansas State looking at like the Texas matchup Thank because you. like. I don't know if Texas has people who are like pot like necessarily better than Burden. Like they're going to be more refined. Yeah. They're going to be more experienced and they have more of them. Yeah. Like that are on that level. I think so. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Texas, the Texas matchup against the KSU secondary is, um, that's something to look
0: forward to. That's definitely the, was my biggest takeaway coming out of this. I think going into this week, I thought that Kansas State could be a team that could push Texas. I really don't think that anymore. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas, and unfortunately for the Big 12, are clearly the best teams in the Big 12. Right now, after three weeks, I'm still – Who's Oklahoma played? That's the, that's what I was getting at, though. I still don't know really – I'm not Oklahoma Oklahoma's yeah.
1: better than Kansas State. That That's what I'm – Yeah. I think but they have more playmakers. Those are but, those. Yeah. Like, who else has an argument for the top three in the conference right now?
0: Nobody. I, I think maybe. Man, no, I would say those three. I, I think you can yeah. maybe make it. What you want? Kansas? I was like, maybe you make can make an argument for Kansas. They only beat Nevada by seven.
1: I know that's that's it's just hard. Like, I expect them to be good. I expect them to to make a bowl this year. But so but yeah. I, all right. I'm a, I think I, that's about it for this segment. Yeah, I want to put it, but so right now that we can end it with this. So
0: uh, John Kurtz uh, had this out on Twitter. The Big 12 has losses to Miami of Ohio, Wyoming, South Alabama, Texas State, Rice, Ohio, and Mizzou. Uh, that's not good, but at the same time, I think that we're seeing, in my opinion, we are seeing this year, thanks to the transfer portal, where there's more parity in general and conference affiliations don't really hold as much
1: weight as they used to just this year alone. I don't necessarily buy the transfer portal thing because there are plenty of G5 transfers out of G5 to Power 5. Like, G5 should be weakened by the transfer portal. And these are G5s winning against the Power 5.
0: I think it's balanced it, man. I
1: don't think so. I I think it has. I truly don't think it's a transfer portal. I don't know what it is, but I, I really... The structure of the transfer portal is for upward mobility, not downward mobility. It
0: is. I I think it was – we need to make a topic out of this. But I think it was created for that, and I think it's turned into so many players went in and were left without places to go that you're having players who thought they would go to bigger rosters, have to find homes at these smaller rosters, and they're still better
1: than the traditional talent that would be recruited to those schools. I don't know about that, and we should get into this another time. Uh the other thing I'll say about these losses for the Big Twelve, um, more teams, more opportunities for these upsets. Yep. Like I don't want to overreact to too many of them. It's looking like a weak year for the Big Twelve. It's looking like the worst possible year considering Texas and Oklahoma are probably gonna run this league again this Definitely. year. And one last one last hurrah for them. <laughs> but um there were some big wins this weekend. We'll get to those in the last segment. Yep. But uh Gary, what do we have coming up next?
0: So coming up next, we're going to get into some of the other keys that stood out from week three, whether it was Colorado uh, and how they handle adversity, the SEC, what's going on there. Did FSU overlook uh, Boston College for Clemson? And a couple of other questionable calls uh, that stood out to us. We're going to get into that next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie. And there have been some interesting storylines coming out of what we were really thinking was going to be a lackluster week uh, compared to the upcoming week that we're going to have bless us this Saturday. Uh, But Jack, I mean, overall, I think we saw some intriguing storylines. I think the week really unfolded better than most people expected. Uh, There are a lot of things to get into here. Um, I think let's start with Colorado because obviously that is the hottest damn topic in the nation right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, I am I'm, I think we were talking the other day uh, about, like, this Colorado team in general. I feel like this is a six-win team max. Seven would be great, and that's something you should hang your hat on, I, I think. But if you're drinking the Kool-Aid, you're looking at the outside perception, uh, you would think this is a damn national championship championship contending team and that is couldn't be further from the truth um the the play against Colorado State uh this is a situation where I, I hats off to the to the Rams um I think they knew they could compete with them I think that if you go back and look at the shot taken across the bow uh 2D on this, the sunglasses, the hat. I think I, I, it makes more sense for Norville to spur the confidence, that edge to his team. Uh, Colorado's coming out chirping as always. The Travis Hunter hit. Yeah. That's one where it sucks for college football because you have an elite athlete who I think is is rare and something that should be appreciated for the college game in general. But this is probably the most least surprising thing I have seen. Okay, Colorado is out chirping at everybody. They're running their mouths. You know, you're winning. That's cool. Uh, But when you do that, that rubs people the wrong way. And a lot of people will probably look at that hit and say, oh, that's a cheap shot. That's a damn football hit that, yeah, he probably should have pulled up on. But at the same time, when you've been chirped at all week and there's no telling what has been said prior to that, I have no problem with that hit.
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got some kind of problem with it. Like to me, it's it's dirty. It's just like I was telling you before the show. I feel like everything is it's either here or here. No, there's no middle ground. Uh, there's no middle ground on on Dion in Colorado. But that's where I think the truth is, especially on this hit, where it's like, yeah, it's a dirty hit. It's late. Like guy could have pulled, pulled up. He knew what he was doing. But it's football dirty. It's not like. It's not like trying to hospitalize him dirty. It's not like this has no, like, there's no part of football that should be this. It's like, actually, this is what a lot of people love about football. Exactly. Like, call, call those people terrible, call those people sickos, call those people whatever. But, like, this used to be a fairly normal part of the game, hits exactly like this, especially when guys were chirping. Yes. And so, like, I'm not trying to say that it wasn't dirty. I'm just trying to say that it wasn't so crazy dirty and unexpected and no. unseen before. Like this is something that from Dion's own era of playing was pretty freaking normal. I'm pretty sure if you go back, you could probably find a well, I don't know, because Dion Dion he wasn't
0: really a hitter. He was kind of like the little pretty boy. He would hit you every once in a yeah, while, but he
1: Well, it's not even like one that Dion would deliver, but it's one that like, I don't think guys would have been able to put on Dion no. because Dion God, was, no. Dion was <laughs> smart so enough no, so. and had the reflexes. You know what I'm saying yeah. though? Like it's one that I think Dion would have been targeted with himself if they could actually put it on him. Absolutely. I, I agree
0: one thousand percent with that. Um, my thing with Colorado is, and I love the energy, and that's great and everything, but you have got to find a way to balance and, and hone that in and use it in times when it needs to be and not all the time. Like, you can't be Shadur trying to poke people's eyes. Like, dude, that's – NFL scouts are looking – and that's
1: the thing. Like, you – I know – I feel I, weird saying the Like, you're right. I feel a little weird saying it just because it feels so, like, old white grandpa kind of Oh, Oh, you
0: got to hit me with the old cracker. No, like <laughs> – No, I,
1: I said that, that was not what I, I was saying, it. but – but, you, like, you know what I'm saying, though, yes. is, like, it just feels really weird to, like, throw a guy's future in front of him. No, I like, think – You're all right. risking all of this.
0: Well, the reason I said that was – He's a college he's kid. He's a college kid that's going to happen. But if – if there's there's always talk about the scouts at any time. Like, he's you're starting to get that talk. So if you want that talk to come with it, you got to be – you got to understand the other side of it of you can't do things like that. Yeah. You just go out and win. Uh, I'm really intrigued by how they are going to respond this week to face an Oregon who is a three-touchdown favorite. How do you – how if – because I think you're going to get beat. I I just – I think you're about to lose back-to-back games, honestly, if you're Colorado. How do you respond and keep the energy from boiling
1: over? I think, one, you're not going to hear anything out of Oregon that's going to let them get riled up. Nope. Which I also think means we're not going to hear anything out of Colorado this week, really. I, there's no way. I guarantee. Not like nothing, nothing. But for Colorado, it's going to feel like nothing. It's going to feel like, oh yeah, Dion's saying this to create a little energy. Like mm-hmm. it's Dion is what's going to be. Like he was already doing that that stuff for Colorado State, where it was like, you know, I have to create the energy for this. Just. Let's keep the hype rolling. Mm -hmm. And then Norvell went and said something, and it went into overdrive.
0: Well, see, Dan Lanning's already had the comment. Remember from, like, a few weeks back where he was asked about Colorado, and he was like, I mean, have they even really won anything? (laughs) So, like, there's there's already your bulletin board material that they're going to be using to gas themselves up this week.
1: Yeah, it just... I, I'm with you. I don't see Colorado performing well in these next two weeks. I don't. I, I, and that's going to be. I think they lose. Like, I just want to see score Oregon, and no. their defense is not going to like their defense isn't going to hold them down enough. No. So yeah, I just I, I want to see with USC exactly. I
0: want to see how you can channel this and how you respond to adversity when you're about to get checked for a couple of times. Uh, another hit. I want to get in. Another call. I want to get into. Uh, look. Sean Preston Jr., the linebacker from Mississippi State, delivered a beautiful shot on Jalen Daniels. Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU, who made a poor decision when running the football instead of just getting out of bounds and trying to make a play. To me, it was a clean shot. He hit him right in the chest, delivered it. He, I mean, it was hard. I mean, it was it was a great football hit. And you call targeting and eject him. So now he's gonna have to miss some of the next game, too. I think that is completely ignorant. I think the NCAA has got to find a way to get around these things, and if you make a call like that where I think you should be able to go back and challenge that if you're Mississippi State and have him available for this week, uh, that was complete crap, uh, and I really felt bad for that. Even though the game was out of hand, uh, that was just one of those calls that stood, stuck with me.
1: Yeah, um, there's probably a handful of calls every week. Both in college and NFL yeah. where I'm just sitting here being like this isn't the football I grew up with, which makes me feel like I sound so freaking old. <laughs> I'm get off my I am like a few weeks away from turning twenty-five. Like I'm oh, not that old. Fuck. No. I know. And it, it's just like when did defense stop being entertaining?
0: When uh fantasy football and money and gambling and everything infiltrated
1: football and I they didn't expect out. you to have such a yeah. good answer right off the bat no, yeah. um I haven't it's, put America, much it's American dream it. let's make but money it, off everything it's just like the game isn't the same and it's sad and I still love the game I'm still gonna keep watching I've just never been into fantasy I don't really love sports betting I'm more into it than fantasy I'd say but mm. like I last time I placed a real bet was back in the spring on this March Madness stuff. Right. But that was just because, like, it's it's fun to throw a dollar down on something, yeah. you know. Um, point is, is, like, I want to see big hits. I don't want them taken out of the game. I don't want my defensive lineman to have to worry about, like, oh, did I put my full body weight yeah, exactly. on the quarterback? It's like, no, I tackled the freaking quarterback. Like, we're, we're trying to police intent with no possible way of policing intent. No. It's the same stuff as, as, as the, the Travis Hunter hit. It's like, you want to say, oh, the way he acted after the hit showed that he he wanted to put him in the hospital or whatnot. It's like, he wanted to put the best player on the fucking ground. He sent a message to like, the team. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. Like, if you genuinely want to hospitalize someone, you have issues. Like, huge yeah. issues. And maybe I'm giving too much benefit of the doubt to people, but like, I really don't think the majority of guys out there playing a game are like, I want to freaking hospitalize people, especially someone who's playing at Colorado State. Right. Yeah. No, if, you're the, if you're a- that much of a psychopath, you probably, you probably popped enough <laughs> on high school film to be at a, a power five school. <laughs> no, that's, so, a, that's a good point. That is a good point. Like, I, I really don't know any other way to put it. Like, I know I do not know more than the people who are saying that, like, the intentions are bad and, and this stuff shouldn't be right. in the game. But like, have a better backup quarterback. Have a better backup wide receiver. <laughs> no, that's Develop a good point. your Roster well. That is a good point. Have the next man up actually ready to play. Like, yeah. Shoot, man, this is a game. Play the game, and actually play it. Don't just protect the stars because you're worried about the entertainment value. Like, when did this become entertainment and not sport? Uh, about a decade I'm ago. Sorry, that that we could go deep yeah. into that.
0: Um, other other things that really jumped off to me this weekend is uh alabama is a, um well <laughs> they're okay they're okay yeah yeah, they're you were good about to say it. they're good by they're most for bama standards they are terrible for bama standards like i have as never long as seen you, as
1: long as you put that caveat there bro
0: i have never seen a bama team look this bad like in the past at least decade um they have no help at quarterback uh Buckner's bad, uh, Simpson's bad. Jalen uh, Milroe can't throw to save his life. Uh, the offensive but line, but he's still their, best option, he's still their best option. Dude, like I know they're big, Mabbitt, that they didn't have the, they couldn't pull off getting Sam Hartman or Drake May. Like they, that, I know that is definitely what's put them in this situation. But if you're Bama. Uh, you should never find yourself in this situation. You should always be able to recruit and have a guy in place. I don't know what the hell is happening there. The transfer portal has raided this roster. They don't have the benefit of the depth to just throw five stars
1: out there anymore. Um, so Paxton asks a good question in the chat room: Why didn't Milrow play, or at least play more?
0: That is, oh, so apparently throughout the broadcast, they were saying that he was benched for the other two. What I'm, in my opinion, and when I looked at that was, okay, you know what you're getting from Jalen Milrow. We're playing, I think Bama looked at South Florida saying, we're playing an inferior opponent where we can go try some things. Um, and they were trying to find a passing option since Milro isn't it. And unfortunately, what they found out was they're in a worse position than they even could have imagined.
1: So do you think for the rest of the year we're going to see Milro and we're going to see, like, three yards and a cloud of dust kind of stuff? I,
0: I, I don't know. I think Bama tried to play Texas and beat Texas with old-school Bama mentality and realize, oh, crap, we can't do
1: that anymore. And I think that's what led to this week.
0: I, I, I think they that's your only option, than, They dude. came
1: closer than, like, in retrospect, I'm looking at that Texas performance and I'm saying – better than I think I might have like assumed given the USF performance of like if you know you have to go into playing a top team and be one dimensional mm. and you still make it a game into the fourth quarter like that like they're going they to win some games. games like again they're bad for bama yeah no I, if they if they only win 9 games this year before the bowl it'll be only 9 games yeah
0: it's just it, look, dude, it's one of those things where I'm looking at this team and I think they might be the when they're not running the West and they're not even like just guaranteed the second best option if LSU or somebody hadn't snuck up there, uh when you're looking at Bama and saying, Okay, are you like the third best team? That that's when it's weird to look
1: at. Um elsewhere in the SEC though. Cause there's one big game. I feel like we need to talk Florida, about Florida, Tennessee. Yeah. Where yeah. the hell did that come from?
0: I have no idea because when you go back to me, Graham Mertz is, we know what Graham Mertz is. Uh, I think it shows more. I don't know if I'm more impressed with Utah after seeing how Florida went into there and what, how that game unfolded. But like Tennessee, I thought Tennessee should have comfortably won this game. Uh, they Joe Milton is a good quarterback, but he's not Hendon Hooker. And I think what like, like what's really bothered me this whole off season is every time you, I hear somebody talk about Joe Milton, I automatically only thing I ever hear is the arm strength. And as somebody who had Jamarcus Russell as your quarterback, it gives me PTSD of like yeah. great you can throw the damn football a hundred you know. You can you launch be it with but it. You, you gotta know where exactly. you're
1: going. You gotta have the right timing.
0: And, and I don't think they have that. Um their defense is okay, but it's not what it was last year. And I think that they're a victim of circumstance where they're they're good. The expectations were so high. Uh but they're just I mean, they're they're just not able to match that from last year. And while they took a step back, I think this was an expectation from a fan base who has been like held at bay for a while, that you wanted to see a dynasty roll off, and that's not the case with this team right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into what their fan base possibly thought because they're still in the same division as Georgia, who has their own shortcomings. We don't necessarily need to dive into yeah. that because they still won that game, conference game, against not a bad opponent in South Carolina. But the thing about Tennessee that that I'm really wondering here is, were they – because like, looking back at last year, the games they won, it wasn't because – Defense in any way. It was just no, they like, outscored you, they outscored you, and so you lose your quarterback. You lose, uh, I'm sorry, this is gonna make me seem ignorant as fuck Jalen Hyatt, yeah. He receiver, it, yeah. Do they still have for, no, he's gone. That's what I NFL. thought yeah. So you lose your top receiver, your absolute speed demon, deep threat, who could run under any ball yes. Joe Milton could throw. Um, I don't know if you properly replaced him. Milton is not what Hooker was. I think we all knew that too. Yeah, it was like this hope that he might be able to get close to it, and so you're not your offense is not working anywhere near the same pace it was, and you were a team that had to outscore people. Yeah, that recipe sounds terrible for them this year. Not not like lose to Florida in this fashion terrible, but like you're not (laughs) going to contend the way you want to. No, my thing too is like when you're running this style of offense.
0: Uh, this is one where you're expected to light the scoreboard up and you're held scoreless in the second quarter and you only get a field goal in the third like i there's
1: no that's inexcusable for a high-flying offense like this the third is honestly more inexcusable to me like go in, right get get your stuff right at halftime not necessarily like adjustments because stuff we've heard from coaches in the past has been like halftime adjustments aren't really a huge thing it's like one or two things here, but we should be able to fix stuff on the fly through the game more, mm-hmm. like drive to drive. It's about getting the emotions and the mindset right. And the fact that they didn't come out and score 14 in that frame just makes me very, really, really worried about them.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those things where the SEC is just such a crapshoot right now Um from top to bottom. I, I don't really know what's making this league. I think in general um lsu if you come out and look and look how they handled business this week i think they're probably the best team in the west i still am nervous about georgia i think georgia loses an sec game
1: as they go forward with their schedule i think so too at this point just like florida the the cocktail party is looking much more interesting now i mean that
0: you have Ole miss who is like tricky they're always weird um Yeah, I think you're going to definitely lose one of these games, regardless. But we'll see. The the SEC is just—it's crazy to see. Yeah, there, there was the one thing you
1: said earlier that I'd love, just as I go over to get ready to take us to break, love to hear you kind of talk about the uh, playoff in the SEC, that
0: takes. Yeah, okay, no, seriously. Like I was, After watching Georgia and South Carolina, I'm not that impressed with Georgia. I know they got the win and everything. I've never been sold on Spencer Rattler, so I'm not surprised how that game unfolded. But, yeah, I think if you look at Georgia's schedule right now, there's a good chance they get a loss and that the SEC finds themselves – the outside looking into the college football playoff. I really do. I think the Pac-12 has a couple – way more teams uh, with opportunities to get in. The Big Ten's got a couple. Notre Dame's an outlier in Texas. Yeah, I think there's a good chance the SEC finds themselves on the outside looking into the college football playoff this year. Uh, But coming up next, we're going to get into our picks uh, from last week, look back what we got wrong, what we got right, and uh, who had some of the biggest wins in the Big 12. Uh, That's coming up next here on the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And we appreciate you tuning in whenever you do, whether that's live or going back on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. We greatly appreciate you doing that. Make sure really you hit like and subscribe. Still working
1: properly. I think it is. I had a little, little technical glitch there. Got to double check on all this real quick. I think you're perfectly fine. I think you're all right. Just a little lean back. Don't tell me not to worry. I know I know. Okay, you were so,
0: right. So, <laughs> yeah, see, trust trust me. Just trust me a little bit. So, the Big 12. Uh
1: Yeah, let's look at a couple of the wins as we kind of look back at our yeah. uh, pro- I think probably uh, collectively our worst week of Big 12 picks.
0: Look, you can't win them all. Um and I think that, Tell that to the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Still to the Big 12. Uh no, but I think the the picks this week that you and I uh missed on obviously were All the
1: upset losses. All the
0: upset losses, but you took BYU over Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I I don't know why. I really like No offense to BYU fans, I'm not sure why I took y'all in that game. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I rolled with y'all cuz y'all y'all showed out for me. See, that was a fun game.
0: Uh that that was one where I thought Arkansas playing at home, um KJ Jefferson I had more confidence in him as a quarterback. Unfortunately, uh and I mean, if you're unfortunately for Arkansas and great for BYU, you pretty much made them one-dimensional. Like outside of KJ Jefferson, Arkansas couldn't do crap against BYU. Uh, Keaton Slovis balled out a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, I think they did a good job of just exploiting the weaknesses in Arkansas. Rocket
1: Sanders not being available uh, was definitely brutal uh, for the Hogs. Yeah, looking forward for BYU. What's Are you feeling better about Slovis? Are you feeling worse about Arkansas? Like, basically, what's the competition level here, and how do you think BYU is going to compete moving forward with their schedule?
0: I mean, I think BYU is going to be fine. I I think that uh, they – let's see here. gonna get their schedule pulled up real quick. Yeah. Uh, They have (laughs) – Of course, I can't find it. But no, I feel I feel pretty good about their. Let's see, football schedule. They've got
1: at Kansas versus Cincinnati at TCU is their next three.
0: Okay, so Kansas is going to be interesting. Uh, You're coming off an emotional road game. How do you handle that opening up Big Twelve play as on the road? I mean, it's your first Big Twelve game. Uh, I think Kansas overall has, which sounds weird to really say this. I mean, I think they're about on par with Arkansas or or better. Uh, I mean they,
1: we saw that crazy bowl game last year. Yes. But I I would I would say I'm feeling better about BYU now. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like they could almost push to be five and oh, six and o. Like it should not this might be a bit much, but I feel like they could definitely be bowl eligible heading into their eighth game against Texas. I think they, they could or should be six and one. I think they – I give them the edge against Kansas because I think Kansas just – defensively, I still have enough questions.
0: Well, they also haven't – Kansas really hasn't played an opponent that's pushed them the way BYU has either.
1: Cincinnati now after this week, I'm like, I've got questions. Now, hopefully they show it's an aberration against Miami of Ohio, but either way, I think I probably would have had BYU favored in that game. And then at TCU and versus Tech, you drop one of those probably. Yeah, but, but I, like I, I get the feeling you probably beat Tech at home and you lose at TCU on the road and you're I will, six and one heading into Texas. That's I'm feeling a, a lot better about BYU after this game, but I'm not sold on it. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's no. just like I feel like the schedule actually lines up pretty well for them.
0: I would agree with you. I, I, I think they definitely have been more impressive as the season's gone on, I, and I think that's kind of to be expected when you look at BYU. I think coming in, obviously, it was them and UCF, and uh, that were the more ready, ready to come into this league. Um, Yeah, I think they might have one or two losses going into that Texas game. Uh, But yeah, I think I feel a lot more confident about where they're at right now uh, as a whole. Um, That other big, big 12 win. So yeah, West Virginia. Shout out to West Virginia and Neil Brown getting it done in Morgantown. Um, This is one where you took Pitt. Um, I felt like I, I picked Pitt the prior week when they played Cincinnati uh and was really disappointed in the play of Yakovic uh at quarterback. They couldn't get anything going. Uh I liked what West Virginia, how West Virginia had played against Penn State in that loss. I think you, you got to see a lot of good things. I like the edge that this team has. CJ Donaldson I think is one of the best running backs in the Big 12 and their offensive and defensive lines were playing with an edge and a grit to them that I haven't seen from a lot of teams in the Big Twelve this year. And I feel really comfortable about Neil Brown's safety as their head coach and um, really just kind of the trajectory. I'm not saying they're going to come out and win, you know, eight damn games, but I think they're going to be pretty good this year.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by it, not by the win necessarily, just by how competitive they seem this year. Like, I really kind of figured they'd be a quick-to-fold program, you know? But they, they've come out, they've fought, they've fought hard, they've fought for their coach. And there's something that feels like the people in West Virginia are behind this team. Oh, yeah. It's like they're playing hard for them, so they're showing out for each other. And, I mean, it was a sight to behold, that sweet Caroline. That was, yeah. I,
0: I And there was something I saw on Twitter. I guess it was Iowa State people that were mad saying, like, they did the stadium like Jack Trice, and there was some sound. There's more into that I got to get. Think they were, you know how fans throw shots at each other. They were taking a shot at uh, West Virginia for their stadium layout and stealing stuff from Iowa State. And I was like, this is the most nonsense thing I've ever heard. What? Yeah. Stadium the, Yes. It's ridiculous.
1: It's sta- how many ways can you arrange something around a football field?
0: Well, when you're losing, you got to find ways for to try to take down a program that's supposed to be better, or that you're supposed to be better than. I think, Jeez. if you're a fan. Um, Texas and Wyoming, I think this was a game that I'm not surprised one bit of how Texas came out in this. Really? I, we're, we're, no, because and the reason I say this because I've watched a lot of SEC football, obviously, being an LSU fan, and I've seen so many teams year in and year out who go and play Bama and you leave everything on the field against Bama, and then the next week you come out and look like Texas did just because of the energy, the emotion, everything, I am not surprised. I'm honestly surprised that Wyoming probably didn't keep it a little closer with Texas if you get down to it. Um, I think Texas is still going to be perfectly fine. Wyoming is a really, really good football team. Like I, I really believe that. Um, I love their quarterback. I love the grit, the edge that team plays with. I think they're going to scare a lot of people and one people should keep an eye on uh, in the Mountain West this year. Uh, but that I know a lot of people. I heard I personally saw a lot of people questioning Texas and and their play. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Uh, I've seen this a million times before. They're perfectly fine.
1: Okay, cool. Hook them. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, like, not you're not even going back to that good old. No, I mean no, it was. A, yeah, it was. A, it was a good. Yeah, one. no, like. The twenty-one point fourth quarter, just yeah, I don't really. This game doesn't affect how I feel about Texas or like how I, I'm looking at this Texas team. Frankly, mm-hmm. it's just like, look, it might have taken them a little while to get it done, but they got it done. This wasn't like a ever in true doubt kind of thing, you know. Yeah. By the time it got down to crunch time, it was like Texas is pulling this away.
0: So as as a true Big Twelve. 12- alum and everything. Is this the worst case scenario? If things continue to play out in your opinion for the big 12, if Texas and Oklahoma are head and
1: shoulders above everybody as they're chunking the deuce to the sec. It's not, that would be the worst case scenario. I don't have proof that they're head and shoulders above everybody. I know. I'm just saying God God for Kansas state, right? Yeah. Because it's close. yeah, It is close as hell. And that would be the worst case scenario. So I need some, I I need the title game to not be those two. Right. I really need the title game to not be those two. If I'm the big 12, uh, the guys, the, the the schools that are staying. Um, when you say worst thing in the world, my gut reactions to try not to get too down. So all I would say is that like, the worst thing in the world still isn't that terrible for the Big Twelve because the league's in a solid place. It's right. just it's not great. It's the worst that could happen, but I don't think there are a lot of terrible, terrible options. Right. That's why that's why I'm trying to stay level headed about this. Um it it's bad. There's no way to salvage it for the league if mm. Oklahoma and Texas play in the championship game and Texas goes on a run. Uh Into the playoff, just the championship game needs to have a remaining team in it, right?
0: Uh, last thing here, we can we can end the show with this. The AP top 25 poll did come out, uh, right now. Uh, your top four are Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and Florida State. I, with USC on the outside looking in, I really can't question any of that. I, I still kind of do think Georgia has. An opportunity to find themselves on the outside looking if they don't take care of business and play more consistent. My, but I mean, that's just kind of a, a shot this, in the dark.
1: My only reaction to this top twenty-five is I don't know if Florida deserves to be in it. That's fair. I, I wouldn't the, put
0: Florida in it. That's the uh, only.
1: That's the only one really. Everything. Else, nothing else is standing out to me. Like Bama's not so, top ten. Yay. Yeah, no. Uh
0: From a Big Twelve perspective, though, you have Texas and number three no one
1: else. and Oklahoma and.
0: Yeah, that's a bad look. Uh, but the incoming schools, I guess you would have Colorado at 19. Uh, and it's looking like that's about it. So, yeah. yeah, Cool. Anyway, All right. So that's going to do it for today's episode. We appreciate you tuning in whenever you do. And like I said, make sure you go hit like, subscribe, uh, and then go check this out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this. Uh, but until next week, this has been the College Chaos Podcast with Garrett Ross and Jack McKenzie. We out. I'm <laughs>